Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies, gentlemen, theys and thems, welcome to Halloween week with Wicked and Grim. My name is Jacko, and for the second annual Halloween week, I am pleased to be your master of ceremonies. For the next seven days, we will be taking you through wicked tales and grim stories from the paranormal to the murderous events. Starting with this evening, we will be discussing Jamie Osuna, the man with a thousand faces. Jamie is a man of evil beyond belief, with no remorse for his actions, numb to the bone. However, that is more for our host to discuss with you. So... I shall pass you over to them to give you more of those details. So without further ado, introducing the hosts of Wicked and Grim, Ben and Nicole. Thank you, Jacko. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim. Halloween week. A true crime podcast. There we go. Or true crime podcast. Halloween week. Boom. We're here. It's here. It's time. Finally. It's come. The preparation, the suspense, the. Boom. Oh, yeah. It's official. It is finally here. It is so exciting. I just can hardly contain myself. Oh, the excitement. Oh. And freaking Jacko. Jacko. Jack, that was one hell of an intro. Thank you. It's wondrous to be back. Freaking Jacko. The man. He's the myth. The, the legend. legend. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we've been planning for months and weeks, and we've been talking about it. So much is happening with Halloween week. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what Halloween week is, Nicole, tell them all about it. Well, this is our second annual, so if you don't know what Halloween week is, you can go listen to the first annual, and then you get like two, which is super cool. It Genius. is seven days of episodes. Seven days. Seven days of episodes. So it goes, starts today, and it ends on Halloween. Yep. So instead of us dropping one episode a week for the next seven days, you get an episode every single day. Yeah. Like it's pretty much the coolest thing in the whole world. And not only that, we're dropping some other cool stuff too. We actually, yeah, actually, yeah, like it's grown a little bit from last year, to be honest, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Each has. year will probably grow a little bit just because uh, we're extra. <laughs> just a little bit. Just extra. a little extra. So for example, today, as this episode drops, we are also dropping two new merch items over on our Redbubble store. Drawn by Ben himself. Myself. Mm -hmm. And fun fact, this 
contains. It's very exciting. A Jacko merch. Yes. The first ever merch available to everyone. We had one other Jacko line that was available for our patrons the very first week it opened up. That was it. Yeah, one week and that and it was gone. Gone. Never yep. to be released again. Yeah. So, so Jack- now we have a legit Jacko that anyone can buy. It's very exciting. So go check that out if you want to get Jacko on a t-shirt or a coffee mug or something. Socks, dope. you know. I always, I the socks are always what comes to my mind. I'm obsessed with the I socks. don't know if this design will be applicable to socks. So it's a little bit oh. too detailed. Okay, but we should put we'll that see. hint if you're getting a t-shirt. So Ben and I, we pretty much live in our merch. Yes. We just do. I Am I wearing one right now? No, I'm not actually. That's weird. You have to get the... T-shirt, what is it? The Tri, tri blend. blend. Oh. The Tri Blend t-shirt on Redbubble is highly recommended you'll, by us. You'll live in it. Oh my God. We we no other merch from any sort yeah. of that is it. That's it. Yeah. So that's our recommendation. So are you looking for her forward to Halloween week? Yeah. Me too. I have been looking forward to Halloween week for like the last month. <laughs> um, I know our patrons are looking forward to Halloween week. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of patrons, we have some patrons to thank for signing up this past week. So we have Kristen Blood, nice. which is ideal Very name fitting. for Halloween week. Yeah, love um, it. Will Wolski, Kevin Walker, Elizabeth Porsche. I really hope I said that right. And Alyssa Selberg. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us over on our Patreon. If you want to join, feel free to join. Link is down below. If not, you can sit here and just chill with us on a regular podcast episode. Mm-hmm. That's cool too. And speaking of chilling, um, we're going to also be doing two lives this Halloween week. We so are. we're doing one on Saturday and we're going to be carving pumpkins, yep. which will then turn into a pumpkin carving contest. Yep. So stay tuned for that. And then we're also going to be going live just for a little chill, maybe Q&A hangout on Halloween. Yeah. Just a, just a Halloween and chill. Yeah. Yeah. So a there we go. Non-adult rated version because the Netflix and chill, I don't want to get anyone oh. to get confused with that there. Yeah, I didn't go there, but... But in case someone did. Now we did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it's here. I'm stoked. I know. Are you ready to dive into the very first episode of Halloween I think we should just do it. Let's do it. Well, as Jacko alluded, this is about Jamie Osuna. Okay. Now, this guy, we've covered some murderers before. We've covered some psychopaths we've covered some seriously deranged individuals some nasty mofos this guy chilled me to the bone seriously during my research probably the most out of any individual we've covered oh okay this has me very alarmed um so quite fitting to start off and Goodness. kick off Halloween because the name honestly does not ring a bell I have no idea who this is um well you're about to find out uh so to start off, I want to start off from a quote from his ex-wife. Okay, this um, is going to be good. In an interview with, with uh, a news source, she quoted off, quote, very few people are born evil. It's rare. I believe it's nurture over nature with Jamie. Wow. I mean, the ex-wife is probably not going to say the best shit about you, but... Uh... That's that's deep, actually. It is. It's very concerning. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not too sure if I agree with her. However, she probably knows a lot better than me spending time with him being married to him. So yeah. just throwing that out there. Um, I'm not too sure I agree that he was necessarily not born evil. I think he very much could have been because she's saying it's his environment. It's his growing up. It's the upbringing. How he was, a how lot he of was nurtured, right? Yeah, it makes you evil. I think 
it was more nature in this case. Okay. So, but this is where you guys get to make your own calls. So listen up. I want to know what you guys think. Let's dive into Jamie Osuna, shall Let's we? Let's do it. Okay. So Jamie Osuna was born March 7th, 1988. Same age as us. Oh, I, I was like, well, that's a good birth year, but uh, let's, let's carry on here. <laughs> yeah, he was only one month older than me. Yeah. So. Just young. Yeah. Just a young pup. Uh, he was born in Bakersfield, Kern County in California, USA, okay. which is approximately 100 miles north of Los Angeles. Nice. So a little bit of a geography location there for you to picture. He was born into an underprivileged mixed ethnic Christian family. Now, on the surface level, we can predict that Jamie could probably be born into a loving family. After all, like they're one of religious faith, which, you know, preaches love, forgiveness and that sort of stuff. Right. However, these assumptions would be very wrong. Jamie's mother went by the name of Michelle uh, and her presence in his life was rather minimal. Jamie's father, however, was never there at all. When and why he left is a little unclear, but we do know he wasn't in Jamie's life from a very early age. That's sad. It is. Jamie did, however, have a stepfather, which is good. Okay. A man by the name of Jeff. Though Jamie probably would have been much better off without a father figure at all, in my oh, opinion. Okay, so we don't like Jeff. We do not like Jeff. Jeff is a douche canoe. Jeff is a major douche canoe. Good call on that. Okay. Well done. Uh, so Jeff and no other male figures in Jamie's life, for that matter, uh, did not treat Jamie with any sort of kindness or love. He would often be subject to harsh and brutal behaviors. Hmm. That sucks. You need you need at least like some authority in your life that you can like look up to and learn from and adapt their habits in a sense and decide what you like and not like and then decide what you're going to carry on and yeah jamie did not have that whatsoever. oh that's sad which kind of leads in the direction of why his ex-wife was saying nurture right. over nature right yeah so now among the daily psychological and physical abuse that uh the, and the tortures that jamie allegedly oh, wow. suffered through uh, jamie was left to fight his demons completely alone his mother michelle would not stick up for her son now this is because she was threatened and was afraid for the subjects and torture she would go through from her from Jeff from her new husband as well yeah so Jamie would endure hell uh, uh. such as being forced to sit at the dinner table watch all his siblings get to eat dinner while he did not what the shit and when he finally was fed he was forced to eat off the floor like a dog wow yes that is next level yes holy shit now, another event later described by Jamie's mother tells a day when Jeff kicked Jamie out of a moving vehicle while strapped into his car seat. What? Yeah. Holy. So after rushing back to find him on the road, um, Jamie's mother found him still strapped into the seat, luckily, luckily. sitting upright on the road. Well, the car seat is probably what saved his life. Most likely. Now, he miraculously seemed fine. But whether or not he was fine is hard to say because Jeff wasn't about to take him to the hospital and get checked out. He just kind of shrugged it off and like, oh, he's fine. And then they continued on with their day. I mean, that's like super traumatizing too, but I guess he could be at a young enough age that he doesn't remember. Yeah. And now this could be a significant impact in his life, though there's nothing uh, significantly found with any psychological issues with Jamie later on in life. This could be something that 
maybe like a bump on the head or some sort of trauma that triggered something. Mm, So there is argument of that later on. So most of Jamie's torment, though, would go undocumented, undocumented, there we go, and can only be validated by family members, you know, kind of surrounding the incidents at the time. However, some police reports would survive and would show that his stepfather, for example, Jeff, once tied him to a tree and whipped him when he was only five years old after spilling juice on the floor. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what to say to that. That's brutal. Well, how about what do you have to say to this? Another document report shows an incident where his uncle threw a brick at him. His uncle too? His uncle. (sighs) Okay. So Jamie was quite literally enduring torture and brutal physical abuse. He like he, and mental for that matter. You just picture this little five year old like trying to make sure that they just don't like they're learning and everything and like their brain's a little sponge, but like trying not to screw anything up at five. Yes, that's devastating. Jamie later on in his life would go on to discuss his earlier years, and he would specifically himself say he never learned the difference between right and wrong. Huh. Not because that, everything he did was wrong, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. He never learned the difference. Whether it was from a, f- a fatherly type figure or a parental figure doing wrong themselves, he didn't know if that was okay or not to do. And if he was doing right, he did, he'd get reprimanded. There was no boundaries of what is right or wrong, no matter which way he goes. He just, yeah, you, he could do no right, really. And he could do no wrong, also in that same sense. Jeez. Okay. I don't like this. <laughs> it, it gets much worse. But then I feel like I'm also not going to like him, but this is a terrible upbringing. It's a terrible upbringing, but uh, we're not going to like Jamie in his later years. No. So this whole time, his mother, Michelle, um, would be subject to abusive relationships in the past. Would have been, sorry, subject to abusive relationships in the past. She would apparently hug her son only when Jeff's back was turned because oh. he wouldn't let her um, embrace her son. It would be, you need to embrace me before him. Wow. He came before Jamie ever did. Wow. Yeah. That just shows what kind of person he is right there. Yeah. And so she would only kind of do a little bit behind his back. And other than that, she would just let the incidents occur otherwise for fear of reprimandation on Jamie and herself. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, later in life, Jamie would confide in his wife during a therapy session about also being molested as a child. Now, though, who committed this is unclear or the facts around it, again, are unclear. But Jamie grew up not learning the difference between right and wrong, like I said. This is an assumption straight from Jamie. And around the age of nine, we would get the first glimpse of the man that he would become as he would begin to kind of be that argumentative product of his environment. He began killing and torturing animals. Oh gosh, hate. In an interview, he recalls being home alone and putting a cat in the freezer. Okay, a live cat. A live cat in the freezer for about 15 minutes before letting it out. Then repeating the same thing, but instead with an oven. (gasps) Okay. Now, to clarify, he never said if the oven was on. But well, I'm pretty damn sure it was on. It was on. I'm going to assume it was as well. That's disgusting. Yeah. Not that it mattered to Jamie, but when he was only about 12 years old, his stepfather would pass away in August of 2000 due to a heart attack. Something that would have only taken stress off his shoulders, I'm sure. But yeah, but too late, really. He already 
rectum. Yeah. <laughs> rectum. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Brutal. Sorry. Um, so I wonder if anyone else caught on to that before you said. Maybe. Um, anyways, so that aside, um, Jamie was actually living with his grandparents by this time. So it's not like it mattered in any sense. It's not like he became free either. He oh, was okay. already living with his grandparents. Um, however, his grandpa wasn't much of a father figure and reportedly hated Jamie as well. Wow. Yeah. Why? Like, why? I don't know. That's sad. It is. Now, in Jamie's teen years, his behaviors only be only worsened as he would join local gangs, begin using drugs, and, of course, crossing paths with the law. Now, at the age 15, he would be arrested for the first time with the street name Low Keto, which means the little crazy one. Low Keto. Yeah. I really hope I pronounced that right. I'm not a, a Spanish guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Low Keto. Wow. Uh, but his second arrest was a rather significant one that would write many more of his years to come. In 2008, when Jamie met a woman whose name is being protected, uh, so we will call her Jane. 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 Yeah. Yep. Now, Jane and Jamie met at a party, and the party was Jane's son's 16th birthday party, and Jamie was 20 years old. Jane was enjoying the evening as well, and at one point she was dancing with one of her son's friends. Now, this didn't sit well with Jane's son, that she was dancing with one of his friends or whatever. Okay. Uh, so he ended up running over to Jamie and got Jamie to chase said friend off. The only problem is Jamie grabbed a butcher knife from the kitchen and chased after this guy. And did he just chase or did he do some damage? Well, he did a little bit of damage. We'll touch on that in a second. Okay. The whole situation was almost as if he was kind of like protecting Jane's honor, it seemed like. Um, even if, even though it was the first time these two were meeting. And Jane was a bit older than Jamie as she was 37 and he's 20. So, I mean, I was just editing a wedding though. And it's like, there was a ton of the wedding party dancing with like the parents. Like that just yeah. is fine. It's, it's, it's fine. there's nothing wrong with it's that. It's having just, fun. Exactly. Uh, so Jamie would go to jail for this incident as he did stab the kid. Now, the victim thankfully was okay and mostly just shaken up. His wounds were fairly shallow and by the sounds of it, sounds mostly superficial, thankfully. That's good. That's good. But Jamie would be arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Well, and he also probably scared the shit out of that person. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, holy heck, I couldn't even imagine being chased with yeah. someone with a butcher knife. And this guy didn't know Jamie prior to either. Gosh. It's not like they were known or anything or had any history. Yeah, but it, it was probably, just like, the fuck? It'd be worse if they knew him, I think. Oh, probably, actually, I guess. <laughs> um, so while Jamie was in prison, he began to write to Jane. And the two had a bit of a pen pal type relationship. Okay. Jane didn't exactly think much of Jamie, but by the sounds of it, she was kind of liking the attention she was getting from him. Mm. So about a year later, in November of 2009, he was released from prison. And he quickly, as he was released, called Jane. And he was like, hey, can you pick me up from prison? I'm out. So what do you think she does? No. She picks him up. Okay. I thought she was going to be like, actually, no. Nope. She picks him up. She's okay. like, sure, why not? That surprises me. Yeah. So she drives over to the prison and he's standing there fresh out of prison with new tattoos across his face. Oh, wow. Which begin his transformation to look like the Joker from Batman. Oh, okay. 
So he is donning a sinister, a sinister smile tattooed from the corner of each mouth and clown makeup above his above and below his left eye. That's legitimately tattooed on his face. Legitimately tattooed amongst some other um, smaller tattoos. But he does have these permanently on his face. Okay, I'm going to have to see a picture of this. Um, on the drive, Jamie mentioned, hey, we should go get a hotel room, which Jane knew exactly what he was meaning. Mm-hmm. And she obliged. Really? Yeah. Okay, she's surprising me a little bit because one, I thought that after he got out, it'd just be like, oh, well, I didn't mean any of this. And then two, like after seeing what his new appearance, I guess you could say, looks like, I think you'd like want to run for the hills. (laughs) Well, I mean, don't judge a book by the cover. Saying that right now. I know, but that's, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to have to see a picture. It is a bit much. Your description seems terrifying to me. It is terrifying. I'm just saying you don't want to judge a book by the cover. She knows him a little bit more on a personal level. Who knows, right? But he is also just getting out of jail too. So we already know that he's not like the best person in the whole world. And he chased someone off with a butcher knife and stabbed them. Exactly. (laughs) So I mean. The tattoos. Don't judge by the tattoos. Judge by the fact that he almost murdered. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot to it. There you go. Um, For the both of them though, getting the hotel room, it was just sex. Jane said that it was a one night stand. It was one and done. That's it. And that's all it probably would have been if she didn't get pregnant. Oh gosh. Yes. So she quickly broke the news to Jamie and Jamie, how do you think he took it? I'm going to say that he was ecstatic. He was ecstatic. Okay. Okay. I got one one right here. Excited to be the father he never had. Mm. He wanted to do right for his kid and he wanted to be there for him. He wanted to just, he was so excited. He was quote, like a dadzilla, like a, a little, uh, hint on what's to come here in the next few sentences. He was a, uh, groomzilla so okay yeah um now it wasn't the relationship jane was exactly looking for but jamie's love for her and her family and the new kid on the way and the kindness that he was showing her and everyone is what made her fall in love with what he was providing she wasn't really in love with him but she was in love with the way he was providing and caring okay so it almost sounds like he could potentially have turned over a new leaf here a little yeah, 100%. For a short time. Uh, so the two did decide to tie the knot. Like I said, he's a groomzilla um, in a good way, <laughs> in a good way. Caring for the wedding, making sure things are perfect like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not okay. like raining down terror. Like he's like, oh, no, we got to get the most beautiful cake. Like that sort of well, thing. Well, like he's actually putting a lot of attention and cares. 100%. Which is really cool. Yes. Uh, so they decided to tie the knot in February and they had a small wedding with an elaborate cake at Jamie's grandparents' house prior to the baby being born. Nice. Then in August of 2010, Jane and I put Jane and Osuna, but it's Jane and Jamie, <laughs> welcomed their child into the world. Jamie was instantly an amazing dad. He had given up gang life and he was caring and loving. Okay, I'm impressed. So was I. Until things flipped. Okay. This didn't last. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
The following month in September, Jamie was becoming very controlling and becoming very abusive, both mentally and physically. There's even at one point, I'm not too sure when it was, but during an argument in a fight, Jamie actually stole Jane's mother's ashes, which she never got back. Wow. Yes. Okay, that's the worst. Yes. I mean, actually, there's probably going to be worse shit in here, but that's terrible. That is horrendous. That's terrible. Uh, so he, on more than one occasion, would end up being arrested and sent back to jail and released for various different reasons. Um, their marital issues and abuse being several of them. On occasion, specifically was for assault, like I said, with James' wife. But their relationship crumbled over all this course of the time. And Jane would quickly file for divorce and a restraining order on him. And the friction between the two of them would only intensify from there. Mm -hmm. That's sad. It seemed like he was going to go the right direction there. He wanted to do better. He did. He, he wanted to be the figures in that he didn't have in his mm -hmm. life. But for whatever reason, cards weren't playing right. And he just went the other way. Hmm. Now, it was the evening of Halloween... Ooh. Ironically enough, in 2011, when Jamie was paroled for from prison, this time with his face completely covered in tattoos now, and his Joker makeup or Joker tattoos would complete his look. Wow. He had clown eye makeup, the big permanent smile all fixated on his face. And this is where things would take a very, very dark turn. Okay, we have to do a tiny pause. What's this person's last name again? Osuna. How the heck do you spell that? O-S-U-N-A. Okay, I'm just looking up a photo because I, I can't listen anymore without knowing. Okay, yeah, I have actually seen this guy. Yep. Okay, yep. Terrifying, hey? Yeah, like, I mean, if I passed this person on the street, I, I probably wouldn't. Well, I would try not to judge, but I'd also be like, wow, that's yeah. a lot. Because those and are prison tattoos too, right? He got those in prison, yes. Yeah. Um, now, by around this time, I do want to let you know that uh, he's not a very big individual. I believe he's only about like five, six or something like that, 150 pounds. Okay. Um, but he's still intimidating. He's still a scary dude. So it was hardly a week after being released from prison on Halloween that he began to harass his ex-wife, Jane. Poor Jane. One night, he began driving up and down her street, calling her on the phone repeatedly, threatening her with things like he's going to blow her head off. Holy shit, that's terrifying. Terrified, and rightfully so. Yeah. Jane called police several times over in panic, hoping to receive some help. Well, she also has kiddos in there. She does. However, the help did not come immediately. Why? Well, Jane had essentially been triaged with several other emergency calls. Oh, and many okay. people were waiting for the police to arrive That's already that night. Fair, yeah. Resources were spread thin and Jane was forced to wait, unfortunately. Dang. So by the time the police had arrived, thankfully, Jane and her family was okay. Okay, good. But good. Jamie was gone. Mm. But before he had left, he had made one final phone call to Jane where he said, quote, this is, sorry, this is Jane quoting what Jane Jamie said. said on the phone. And this is directly from the 911 call that okay. night. She says, quote, watch the news, bitch. I killed the woman at the El Morocco Hotel. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So he's just admitting to a murder and also terrifying her to the next degree. Yep. So Jane, of course 
call the police. Yeah. And she's like, I'm curious, like, has there been anything committed or reported at the, at the Morocco hotel? And nothing had been reported. Oh, okay. Nothing had oh, happened. So he was just threatening her. Yeah. It was probably just an empty threat or at least they thought until five days later, a hotel room staff at the Morocco hotel called the police and reported a murder. Shit. One of the cleanup individuals opened a room to find a bloody scene. Oh my gosh. And that room would have just been smelly. Yeah. Really smelly. So the woman who was found at the Morocco hotel was 37 year old Yvette Pena. She was brutally slain and tortured with graphic details remaining unreleased. But coroner officials ruled Pena's death of blunt force injuries, sharp force injuries, and uh, asphyxiation. There we go. Wow. So she just went through hell. Yes. Yeah. Now, the police knew where they were going to look for their murderer, of course, because they had this phone call five days prior to. Mm -hmm. They obviously know Jamie is on the radar. He's an immediate suspect. Yeah, you're guilty. So police went undercover in search and even had a lookalike officer driving Jane's car around to try and lure Jamie out of hiding. Oh, wow. And it only took another five days where an anonymous tip told them that Jamie was hiding at his great-grandparent's house. So they went over there, Jamie was found, and he was subsequently arrested. Okay, and then he should be in, put in jail forever. He was definitely arrested, definitely put in jail, but he denied having anything to do with Yvette's death. Of course. During questioning, all he did was deny and obsess over the relationship with his wife. Now, any allegations that came from his wife, he, re he said were simply just lies or taken out of context. He said things to scare her, but he denied having anything to do with the murder. Which doesn't make any sense, though, because he knew about the murder before anybody else knew about the murder. But did he? Well, he said some, or what, you think that's just the world's biggest coincidence that that happened? That's his argument. I mean, if it is, that's crazy, but I don't know if I believe that. They would be able to also be able to tell, like, her time of death-ish, you think. They, they would. So, while locked up and awaiting trial, Jamie would be interviewed by a reporter where he stood by his claims of innocence. And in early 2017, his trial was set to begin. Just before, he also accepted another interview from another reporter. Now, that second reporter goes by the name of Olivia Lavoice. She sat down with Jamie, expecting to hear the same old denial, and she hoped that some of the evidence she knew from that was about to come out in the upcoming trial would give her a little bit of leverage in the interview mm -hmm. to get him to talk or maybe get him to squirm and might get some juicy details, right? Now, what she wasn't ready for was for Jamie to coldly admit to it all and <laughs> spill every single detail about the entire crime on how he killed Yvette Pena. Wow. I wonder why he decided to do that. And can you imagine how would you even react to that? Like, because you want to get all the details, but then you're also like, shit, I got to leave. This is terrifying. Well, she interviewed him for quite some some time and got a lot of detail out of him. Oh, okay. So she just sat there and took it all in, eh? Yep. Now, a lot of the details have not been released due to the graphic nature, but mm. he did to talk to Olivia about a lot of this stuff. And now right here, I do want to take a moment and I do want to thank Olivia LaVoice for her information and research in this case. Most of, if not all of this information has been brought to light thanks to her work. Hmm. So shout out to her. 
99% of the research for this podcast was taken directly from her stuff. Wow. So I wonder what on earth got him to admit to her. Was it just like random or is, do you, is there anything that you have to say about that? Like in here? No, not really. He just, so yeah, I did it. And it was as simple as that. <laughs> okay. Now he admitted to killing her and his reason was he's seen an opportunity and he took it. That was it. Shit that reason. That was it. That's a shit reason. Now his defense in court didn't want him to plead guilty, but that's exactly what Jamie wanted to do. He's like, yeah, I just want to plead guilty. He was like, but my defense basically won't let me. That's what he told Olivia in this interview days before his trial. Okay. He um, probably didn't want a trial. He just wanted to move on. Like that's I exactly to, what I have it was. to serve my time. Like I did this. Well, Jamie claimed there was no point in dragging it on. He's like, let them have their fucking closure or whatever they need. Not that he cared for them to have closure. He's like, I did it. He's like, what's this fucking trial for? Basically, it was his attitude. Hmm. He did it. The whole court thing was in his mind useless. Hmm. So during the first day on trial, Jamie was seen mocking Yvette's family while they were on the stand. Wow. He simply was on there in handcuffs, yawning, using hand gestures to show that they were talking a lot. Like, you know, when someone's like blah, blah, blah. What a hand. friggin' asshole. Yeah. Showing he did not give a fuck. That is beyond disrespectful. Oh, yeah. There's a photo of him full on yawning in the courtroom when he's just like, not a single hey, pair I can in the world. I kind of understand the yawn. I, I'm not going to super fault him with the yawn. I mm -hmm. yawn at almost everything. This yawn came when Yvette's family was giving a speech in the courtroom. Yeah, well, he was probably like not paying attention. But the whole like hand gestures and stuff, that's freaking rude. Yeah, definitely. Well, the same day, Olivia mentioned to the family that Jamie confessed to her on tape. She has a confession that he did this. Because in the court, his defense is saying he's not guilty. Huh. That lawyer should probably just give up. <laughs> well, can you imagine trying to defend someone like that in court? Honestly? Yeah. Um, anyways, this information gave more than enough evidence in trial, which because of this, a plea deal was agreed upon. Jamie would plead guilty and he would be able to avoid the death penalty. Hmm. So that's exactly what happened. On May 14th, 2017, Jamie was sentenced to life without parole. And this occurred, or sorry, as this occurred, Jamie sat in handcuffs, giving a thumbs up to the prosecutor. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Generally, you're just supposed to kind of keep to yourself and like not make the jury think that you're a complete. Tool? Yeah. Douche canoe? Yeah. Ass? I had a lot of words coming through my brain, but I was like, should I say these? Yeah. This, however, was not the end for Jamie. In fact... His most gruesome act was yet to come. As Jamie sat in prison, he was considered extremely dangerous. He was not able to have a cellmate and he sat alone. However, for one reason or another, he was given a cellmate in March of 2019. Shit. Prison guards were, however, scheduled to check up on cells approximately every 15 to 30 minutes. Okay. It's not, there's no, it hasn't been clarification on when the schedule was, but it's somewhere in that window when they're supposed to be. A lot can happen in that time span. It can. And even still, if a window or a cell is covered up by a bed sheet or something, that's a violation. They got to like open the cell up or whatever, uh, okay. right? They have to be able to see in clearly. Right. This schedule didn't make a difference though. 7.30 a.m. on March 9th, 2019. Jamie's cellmate, 
Luis Romero, would be found dead inside the cell with Jamie. It was only about 24 hours after Luis had arrived at prison. Dang. Now, Luis was 44 and had already spent more than two decades in prison for a fatal shooting of a woman in L.A., but he had just arrived at this prison and had just been put into the cell with Jamie. Why was he put in the same cell as Jamie then? Um, Was that a mistake of sorts? We'll talk about that a little later. Okay. Now, however, he was completely massacred beyond belief. Guards found Jamie had cut out Luis's eyes, chopped off one of his fingers. Whoa. He had also removed one of Luis's ribs, carved out his lungs, and then decapitated him and cut slits in his cheeks from the corner of his mouth, extending up to his ears. Oh my God. Which would be kind of a reminiscent of the Joker smile. Yeah. Which is an injury or infliction of a wound, which is famously nicknamed Glasgow smile. And he did all of this in 15 minutes? And what the hell did he have to do this? Well, well, I mean, gosh, they have lots. They end up having a lot of things in prison. He managed to do all this with a single razor blade. Really? Which, impossible to do this in 15 minutes. This would have been over the course of hours. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. Hours upon hours. So the guards were not checking regularly then. Oh my gosh. Now the cell was covered top to bottom in blood splatters and bloody writing on the walls that read this. I am the man with a thousand faces. Gosh. I am not mad. I am just differently sane. Huh. You'll never be lonely. You will never be sad. You will always have me to dance with. Now that you will always have me to dance with is apparently a reference to an old Batman comic. That is something that the Joker says to Batman. I couldn't find which Batman comic it was from, but apparently that is a reference from that. And then, ha ha ha, written in blood all over the wall. Wow. All these writings apparently in very surprising penmanship. And so this, I guess prior to, they had never decided if he was sane. I mean, I'm assuming after this, they're going to check on that. Now, he actually was. Completely sane. There's a lot of things we can discuss that are noteworthy about Jamie, but some of the more notable ones are that he was deemed legally sane to stand trial. Though at one point he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay, because that's nuts. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like to to literally think, okay, you finally get someone in your jail cell. I don't know how long you've been alone or whatever. And then you're in your brain, like right away, you're like, I'm going to just kill this person and not just kill them, but like completely demolish them. Yeah. Now, the final fact about what they found when they went into the cell is Jamie also had a necklace made of body parts around his neck. Of this guy? Yes. Wow. I mean, I'm sorry, but to think of all that stuff, like I I can't, maybe killing, like you're a bad person, but to have a fucking necklace of this person's organs and you're, you're, you're fine. Like you're just good to go. Well, he was, he was legally sane. (laughs) That's nuts to me. Now I'm going to push this a little farther though. Jamie, if you listen to him speak, he is very well articulated. Uh, He seems extremely intelligent. Uh, apparently he would read incredible amounts of books when he was younger and he also began to study psychology. Huh. 
So when Jamie talks about killing, when he talks about why he kills, how he kills, the feeling of killing, um, he uses this as a bit of an example. When someone tells a joke that is funny and he knows it's funny, he can't laugh. He doesn't feel anything. He knows it's supposed to be funny, but he does. He can't laugh. He, he doesn't, doesn't have that emotion. He doesn't have emotion. He said drugs began to lose their luster and killing is really the only way he can feel anything. Hmm. He goes on to describe some people kill with a gun. And he said, okay, the gun is doing most of the work. And I, 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 not that I agree with what he's talking about, but it makes sense. Okay. This is why I think he's so scary because what he's talking about makes sense. Not that I agree, but what he's saying, there's logic to it. Okay. okay? And you're a very logical person. So when he, <laughs> when you shoot someone with a gun, the gun is primarily doing the killing. Yeah. You're yeah. pulling the trigger. You're causing it, but the gun is causing the, the damage and stuff. Yeah. So Jamie's saying after like two years, you're, he would forget that feeling it's gone however the reason why he tortures is for things like the texture the smell the feel wow the moment the rot oh. afterwards the days afterwards taking it in those mental pictures so he oh. has something to revel in later on and so he can feel for longer Thank you for those mental pictures. Isn't that so fucked up? That's so disgusting. He is like 100% a madman. Yeah. It makes sense, but it is so fucked up. Yeah. Honestly, that's, I just can't even believe that that poor man in the cell. Like, okay, no one would be able to hear him or anything. I'm still, I'm still not over how that even happened. Well, that's, that's part of it though. Um, there is another inmate at the time who talked to a reporter and they said that it was apparently like an inside job. Now there's a few different theories or stuff that was bouncing around, but apparently he was given this cellmate on purpose. Oh, the, One of the thought processes is Luis Romero was a bigger guy than Jamie. I think that people were expecting Jamie to get killed or the guards were expecting Jamie to get killed. Okay, so they could have even have thought that, um, I mean, he could have even been doing this in self-defense then at some point. Potentially. Potentially, hey? Potentially. I mean, but he went a lot further than self-defense, but. Yes. So there's never been anything to come forward about why the guards hadn't checked up on him. Uh-huh. Anything like that. Where he got the razor flum from, why this guy was in there, but there's theories of it was done on purpose, whether it was to get Jamie killed or the other guy killed is up in the air. But those are the theories that it was done on purpose and a blind eye was turned on purpose. Hmm. Now also noteworthy, Jamie actually had some pull in prison with some different things. He was harassing his ex-wife in different ways. Letters were found where he was actually giving someone a letter with her address to go burn down her house, but that wow. letter was intercepted. He had mailed her a dead rat at some point. Wow. So he had some pull inside those walls. So another theory is he got the guards paid off to bring him someone so he could kill someone. So he could enjoy killing, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Because he did promise Olivia in the interview that he would kill again. Really? Yes. He's like, I will do this again. Wow. So also while he was uh, talking and confessing with Olivia in the interview, Jamie also confessed to killing two more individuals. 
His first being his first kill when he was 13 years old. And he had a mentor showing him along the ropes. Oh my gosh. Because I was going to actually ask you, because so far we've only talked about two, right? Yes. And apparently there's two more. Okay. However, he never gave any details regarding these cases. He did give some minor details. um, One being a man, one being a woman. He gave ages and then something about there being an orchard. So there are some theories on some other missing persons cases, but nothing definitive. Um, He also said that he had left behind evidence on the crime scene with Yvette on purpose. He wanted to get caught. He said, if I wanted to get caught, I wouldn't have left my fingerprints. I would have cleaned up with bleach. I would have done this. I would have done this, but I left it behind. I didn't care. Like you said, doesn't give a shit. Not a single fuck. Yeah. This honestly, this case makes me feel sick to my stomach. Oh yeah. It really does. He's one of the worst individuals we have covered. Like I feel nauseous. Whether he was born evil or he was a byproduct of his childhood environment, it's 100% unknown. But what we do know is Jamie knew exactly what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And if given the chance, he would do it again. do it again. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is the case of the man with a thousand faces, Jamie Osuna. And he's still alive, I'm assuming? He's still alive. Awesome. That's great. But he will be serving life in prison with no parole, thankfully. Oh, I can imagine. But it's just like, hopefully he never is able to get his hands on anyone else. That is the hope. But I mean, sometimes if there's a will, there's a way. And like I said, he seems to have had pull in prison in different ways before. Mm-hmm. So who knows? He might be able to do it again. Well, yeah. Five, ten years. People will drop their guard, right? Yeah. And then he will probably just be ready to strike. Yep. Um. Like I say, the worst part about this is he seems totally sane. He seems totally smart. He seems very intellectual. He studied psychology. He knows what he's talking about. Hmm. When he speaks, he speaks with intent and he speaks with truth and he speaks without remorse. He's probably still in there um, educating himself, I would imagine, too, with his free time and stuff. Oh, probably. Yeah. He's very much so. He reminds me a lot of like Hannibal Lecter. Not the Hannibal, not that he's a cannibal by any means, but mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter, very educated, very mm-hmm. smart, very calculated. Jamie is the same way that in that manner. It's yeah. fucking scary. A lot I feel are. Also, just the fact that he could endure the pain of those tattoos on his face. I bet you that'd be that'd be painful. That would be incredibly painful. Um, there's also actually, I should mention this too. There's reports, though I couldn't see any scarring on his face of myself or find actual evidence of it, but there's reports of him actually cutting his face so that his smile was scarred, mm. just like the Joker from uh, The Dark Knight. Hmm. The Joker, this has inspired other bad things. Yes, it has. Which I don't love. I don't love that at all. Yeah. Huh. So... Wow, what a way to kick off Halloween week there. <laughs> right? Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed that case. I mean, I, I, you can't enjoy Jamie Osuna, but I hope no. hopefully you got something out of this. I, I He's bothered me for a few weeks now researching him. Yeah, honestly, there is a couple tidbits in there that were familiar to me, but I didn't like recognize his name or anything. And it's interesting. It's pretty new, really. All this is quite new. Yep. But that's also something you just hear about and block the fuck out after because that's brutal. I don't know if I'll ever be able to block out this case. Personally, I wish I could. Well, sometimes it's harder to do when you are uh, have researched it. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm true. not going to lie. It is way harder. That's true. Way harder. 
Well, maybe to get your minds off it, you can go check out our new merch, which is linked Ooh. down below. We got those two new ones you can go check out, which is like an American Gothic style with our faces on it. And then, like I said, the Jacko yeah. exclusive. We'll post so, on Insta too. We will. About it, yeah. So make sure you go check that out. Check out our Instagram, our Facebook, our, our YouTube, our website, our Patreon if you're up for it. Even if you're not up for that, we appreciate you being here regardless. And guess what? What? We're back tomorrow. We are. Oh, my God. Wow. So this is only day one of Halloween week, mm -hmm. which means there's six more to come. Boom. So another case tomorrow and some more stuff to come tomorrow as well. So Tons to come. Stay tuned for it. But of course, until then. Stay wicked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.